Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. <laughs> oh! oh let, 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 let me tell you something crazy that happened yeah. to me on Friday. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm riding through Cherokee Park, and um, I'm at you know where the Witch Hut is, right? The Witch Hut. Like, like it's, uh, it's at the top of one of the hills. It's like that pavilion that has like the hat that looks like a witch's hat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or not the hat, but the roof. But uh, anywho, so I'm about to go down the hill and there's this uh, woman biking in front of me and this car comes at the wrong way, nails her. Like it's, she gets hit by a car. So, so this, th- like this hard, woman, was it hard? I mean, not hard. Cause she was going slowly, but like, the, yeah. you know, like it, it was a you pretty know. jarring. Yeah. 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 She so, okay. Yeah, she was okay. So I'm okay. the I, I'm the first person to happen upon it. That makes that makes two collisions in the past yeah, for real four months. Um, and four in my lifetime, not counting the pets I've seen killed yeah. on the highway. So like with that, it's I, I've been trying to figure out my head. It may be like six. Jeez. Yeah. Um. So yeah, to to the listeners, six um incidents where I've either been involved or witnessed a car hitting and injuring someone. <laughs> um. How exciting. Oh yeah. So I I get off my bike. I run up to her. I'm like um. Hey, are you okay? Do I need to call ambulance? She's like, yes. Um, she didn't have any broken bones. I think she hit her head because she went over the hood. Oh, and yeah. As people, heard, as people have heard on our show both times, I went into the side of a car. Which but, was um, fortunate. Yeah, yeah. But uh, at this point, I kind of came to realize as I processed this that, uh, like, this has happened to me so much that the trauma just, like, rolls off me like water <laughs> rolls off a beach, you know? And so, like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like for her like it was this horribly traumatic event and she's sitting there like laying like at one point laying on the ground crying and i'm like sitting there smoking my jewel like that's <laughs> probably good though yeah yeah, yeah. calming little yeah. calming in oh yeah yeah wait well it was me her and then the girl who hit her and the yeah. girl who hit her was not from town but was going the wrong way so like and like you know I was, was like, he I was she laying there like keith lee backstage kinda, after kinda. he got knocked out by yeah, josh yeah, woods yeah yeah it was very like you know she's like bleeding and stuff not and to I'm make like, a joke out of it oh no but, yeah know. oh i'm totally making a joke yeah. out of it. But, <laughs> okay yeah. but yeah i was just like you know ah, you know hello old friend you know like familiar thing um hello darkness my old friend and, um and you notice weird things too because like whenever the hit happened like she thankfully got out the girl who got hit and she stood there she was like what the fuck what the fuck and then the girl got out of the car and they were like spaced about 10 feet apart from each other and the girl who, who hit her was like i'm what sorry i'm so sorry and they like repeated that for 30 minutes and what are you doing i'm i'm sitting there like just like okay when do i come in you know because like i obviously i am the first person up upon the scene and yeah. the last thing before he before he um you know launch into things so, <laughs> so i i have a water i had a water bottle that i would bring with me Uh-oh. on my bike and so um, I offered it to her. I'm like, hey, do you need some water? Like while we were waiting for the first responders. And she's like, sure. And so um, she drank it and she handed it back to me. I was like, no, you hold on to it seemingly for the time being. Right. You know, yeah. so um, anyways, the, the EMTs get there and they start doing their thing. And, you know, my attention diverts away from the situation. You know, I'm just kind of there, you know. Um, and uh, anyways, so the EMTs get done and she's in the ambulance now. And I'm like, all right, I think it's about time for me to go. The police are taking statements. Yeah, I'm not needed. I got nothing to do with this yeah, anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, where's my water bottle? You know, So I like look around <laughs> on the ground. It's nowhere to be found. And there's this like big, bald, like EMT who was like not doing anything. Like the other EMTs were like attending to her and he was just standing around. 
And I was just like, hey, man, can you have you seen my water bottle? And I described it and he just said nothing. And I was just like, thanks. <laughs> so I'm like, obviously, it must be on the ambulance. So I yeah. think, so I'm like, I can't go on the ambulance and ask for the water bottle. Like, and I realized then I'm like, that would be such a Larry David thing to do. Yes, it would. It would. Like, hey, it my, would. my water bottle. Oh, yeah. And he would like literally get on the ambulance. Oh, for <laughs> yeah, sure. On it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's maybe that. it was one elaborate ruse just to steal your water bottle. That's that's all it was. That's all it was. I got to keep the cap to my water bottle. So Ready? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to the brain. Boys. I figured I'd do it all the way through. My name is Rat Jagger. Along with Beaumont Rand. Hello! Hello! That was a different one. You know, that was a very different one. That was all different. Yeah. Yeah, I figured I'd done the Beaumont and we've done the powerhouse a lot. So here we are, Gamma Universe. Yes. And in the Gamma Universe, our football teams suck. Yeah, football season's been rotten this year. <laughs> like it is. Like, like other than that UCF game, that's like been the yeah. literally the only highlight for the teams which, I cheer for. Yeah, which we talked about last week, and of course Louisville home opener this week. I didn't see a second of it. Oh, fine. Um, blew oh, the blew the second half against a backup quarterback against Florida State. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and just kind of was inert <laughs> on offense again, and just. God, really frustrated. Like this would, like this would have been a very big like Lee game. Like, I, like yeah. I feel, I feel like for Lee, this was like a big like. Like, I feel like if we would have won, he'd have been like, we're back on track. He's off been, the ledge again. Yeah. 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 Gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I figured like this would have been like the a precipice game for him. Yep. So, so yeah. and he was on a date during it too. So <laughs> Probably for the best, but yeah, oh, he's yeah, like, of course, sure. she's like the only time she's available is Friday at eight. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he went on a date. Like, I've actually never heard of him going. I mean, I, you he's know. had a few. You know, we, don't need to, we don't yeah. need to be airing his personal life. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dates, I mean, I've been seeing a little bit of someone here these last couple of weeks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, continued going well this week. That's so. good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to oh, yeah. jinx anything, but yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel, you feel pretty good about it, but don't want to, like, you know, yeah, yeah. vocalize so it into existence just Yeah, yet. so that's yeah, no, fun. That. That's yeah. fun, but... uh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't really have to talk too much about Louisville. You did a lot last week. We both like the Bengals, and yeah. they stink. They yeah, they stink right now. It's hard to watch. <laughs> it's it reminding, really I mean, it feels right. You know, we're used to stinking, but uh, yeah, after last year, it really stinks. Oh yeah, it's just like, man, it, it's uh, it's like the things we were supposed to get better at. It's like we're we're worse at them. You know, yeah, the O line um, is well, and granted, I think a lot of it is on Burrow too. Like he's not been getting rid of the ball. He's looked scared back there. Like he's certainly not comfortable yet. No, I'm not. The season is far from a throwaway. It's two no. games out of seventeen. But yeah. you lose at home against the Steelers when you're six and a half point favorites. 
I didn't see what the spread was yesterday, but I have to believe we were favored by three or more we're against get, Cooper Rush. Which, which like, uh, he's pretty good, you know? Yeah, I mean, but we're also really good at making backup quarterbacks look like Hall of Famers. So, mm-hmm. And we got another one this week, Mr. Elite himself, Joe Flacco, who oh. led a big comeback win. That was the other thing. We were at the bar waiting for the game. Steelers lose to the Patriots, and then the Ravens and Browns both blow huge leads. Oh yeah, that lose. Ravens that Ravens game was wild. Yeah. That Ravens game, like like yeah. I watched all of that one. So um, it's like okay, this is setting up nicely for us. We'll be one and one, <clears throat> tied with everyone in the division. Game yeah. on! And SMH. Oh god, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been tough. Yeah. But I'm going to be there next week in New oh, York. Oh, that's exciting. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned last you week. You did, yeah. First game as a fan in over a decade. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring them a little magic uh, or I'll be coming home 0-3. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if last year was any sort of <laughs> – In New York. Me, me is like – We watched that I, game together. No, I've kept telling people, like, it's a joke that, oh, yeah, we're going to wear the white helmets and we're going to debut the yeah. white helmets in New York and lose, like, 31-20. to 20. Yeah. You know? I'm guessing they probably won't do that on the road. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely so love either. the joke. Yeah. But – I don't know. I mean, yeah, you were saying off air that, like, you watch this Bills team – you know, regarded by many as favorites to win the Super Bowl. Um, and you see their offense yeah. and it's just <laughs> everything's yeah, well oiled, you yeah, know, efficient and like everyone knows what they're doing. And yeah, and CRs, which on paper should be really, really good. And last year was really, really good, especially down the stretch, despite the O line. Mm-hmm. You address the O line, yep. spend a lot of money, and you're right. It somehow looks worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know if it's um, the starters not playing in the preseason. Or, or, I think there's a lot of exactly. factors here. Yeah. Super Bowl hangover, you know, I'm that's something. Um, you know, Burrow having the appendectomy, you know, I'm sure that's, he's probably, that's part of the reason he's not super comfortable this, and the line giving him no time at all. Yeah. The running game has been absent. I mean, Mixon's had, you know, a few runs here, there, but nothing consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, again, if we lose next week, you know, yeah. fuck, then we're in trouble because oh, especially yeah, yeah. the back half of the schedule is very yeah. tough. Oh, oh, it is. Yeah, a lot of division games. The Bills are there. The, I think Kansas, Kansas City's there, yeah. Yeah, the Chargers. Yeah, and then, uh, is, is Tampa Bay in the on the front end? I believe it is that game at Tampa Somewhere Bay. maybe in the middle, yeah. Yeah, but yeah it's going to be tough. But, uh, hey, we'll see. Uh, I mean, this team has – that's the thing. First half in both of these games, I know you slept through it yesterday, but uh, you didn't miss anything. But it's been awful. Like they can't yeah. get anything going. Yeah. They find it's like put go ahead and spot the other team a fourteen point lead, and then Burrow's been able to claw out of it. I mean, we yeah. tied the game yesterday. We should have won week one. So it's like if they could figure out the beginning of the game, yeah, and not get down so early. Um, I think we'll be all right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it is funny. I was out yesterday, which I don't really watch a lot of Bengals games out because I work the, all the home games and yeah. we would usually watch at a friend's house. But just he, the, seeing the reactions of all Joe Bengals yeah. fan down in Covington yesterday, everyone was freaking the fuck out. Oh, yeah. I bet, I bet they were. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, you know, I wasn't I'm at a point in my life where sports, I don't let it ruin my day anymore. I still had a great, great time. Great night yesterday. Obviously, right. wish we would have won. But 
Yeah, there's a lot of people taking it hard out there here in Bangalore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think people, people had sky-high expectations. And I'm, I'm... That's the thing, yeah. Going to the Super Bowl last year, it's like everyone now expects us to go back there, and that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not, and I kind of like, you know, generally expected us like not to be too far off from 10 and 7, you know, it, kind of to be like dark. My prediction was 11 and 6, but yeah, it's, that's definitely kind of the range now. I don't know, but no, yeah, now we can like, we like only lose five more games. That, that, that That's crazy <laughs> to think about uh, yeah. in pro football. Yeah. I mean, at least there's that 17th game now. So uh, yeah. we'll see a lot of, a lot of ball left, but uh, yeah. Definitely, uh, I think the podcast I listen to hear that Bengal or hear that podcast growl, and their episode is just the Bengals are a mess, all caps. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, that plain and simple. That's what that's what it is, right? Yeah, now. yep. They they legitimately look bad. And someone that's uh, kind of crawling out of their own mess would be all elite wrestling. Um, yeah. We're so I guess I didn't mention this is our well, you know from the title of the episode, I presume that. Uh, I have uh, our good friend Alex Azar on here later in the show to talk about our second trimester favorite matches of the year. Um, we dug in about 90 minutes. Uh, you'll hear that soon. Very nerdy, nerdy shit. Always fun. But before that, we figured we'd touch a little bit on some dynamite last week and especially preview this big week <clears throat> back at and Arthur Ashe Stadium. Is, this is like almost like Arthur Ashe has almost been a mini pay-per-view for yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or like a winner is coming. You know, I hope they do yep. it every year. And the Rampage is two hours as well. So Oh, okay. Wow, so yes. there, 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 there's going to be like a, a five-hour show? Like, are they going to record Dark and Elevation there? That I don't know. Yeah, I don't so, know. So, so, I mean, it's at least a four-hour show. Yeah, it's going to so. be. But but but, but 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 is Rampage going live? I guess I don't think it is. I think okay, it's, so all it's all on Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm pretty because I looked because I'm like fuck. I'm gonna be in New York Friday, yeah. and yeah. I'm, I mean there's wedding stuff going on. So I'm like if I could go to Arthur Ashe, but yeah, I think yeah. I saw it was Wednesday. So. When's all Wednesday? Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be a big week, and we'll uh, <clears throat> get to that here shortly. But definitely crowning a champion, a new champion. You know that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> as far I mean, by God, I hope. So. Oh, you know, um, but so really, real quick. I know you didn't watch all of Dynamite last yeah, I didn't week. Catch but you it, did yeah. watch the two Tournament of Champions yes. matches, which was John Moxley defeating Sammy Guevara in the opener, and Brian Danielson exacting revenge against Chris Jericho in the main event. So we'll have our All Blackpool Combat Club final, which mm -hmm. is what I predicted. Our yeah. rematch from Revolution. Any uh, highlights to you from the matches? What'd you think? Oh man, uh, the Jer the Jericho Danielson match I thought you know probably was definitely the better one you know yeah uh, very you know, physical a very lot more physical compared to their all out match which yeah, is a yeah. lot more like technical and rolly yeah you yeah yeah no this one was a, a little bit more dramatic yeah you know I thought um and I a thought a lot that of chops for sure yeah yeah a lot of and, and like I don't know like I felt like when we you know maybe not even when we first started this show when we were somewhat deeper into it we like. You know, or at least I felt like in in my mind, I was sort of like, oh yeah, Jericho plot match, haha. You know, um, like he no no more of a singles guy. But man, in these last two singles matches, 
had a pretty uh, good year this yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been, you know, uh, he's he's held his own, and you know, he's uh, you know, really just yeah, been a part of you know, especially with the Danielson thing. And then the Mox of... match, the Mox singles match he'd had for the title, the interim title, like a month ago yeah. on Dynamite was great. Yeah, the Kingston match back at Revolution was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely from a single standpoint had a lot better. I mean, he's gotten himself in shape as we've yeah. seen. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. looks a lot better. Um, but yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there who are kind of done with Jericho and sick of him and that's all well and good. And there's plenty of talent here, but I'm still entertained and he's gotten better in the ring in the last year. Oh yeah. More entertaining for sure. And he's like, he's at a really good spot where he can be the best version of himself right now with the JAS and like being a heel, you know, I think he's at a really kind of good spot where he can just do his thing and be good. Yeah. And yeah um yeah i agree it's been good and um in the opener we saw sammy and mox in a first time matchup Mm -hmm. and no tie with him coming out which was rare you know haven't seen that in forever obviously her and anna jay end up coming out but like you know first eight nine minutes of the match he's solo which i like to see yeah um and yeah i thought these two had pretty good chemistry i think everyone and their brother i think knew mox was gonna win um but i you know i thought they had some really good counters for sure yeah. um and i loved i i was on tim king's show earlier la- or end of last week and just a little thing by mox like he countered sammy's gth move right into the uh death rider at the end uh-huh. or whatever we're calling it yeah uh, and like he before he even covered him just gave like a fist bump like yeah. just that little subtlety i just loved it's he like knew he knew he yeah. had him he yeah. covered him got the win and it was after all the interference from the women as well so yeah and it's actually like you know with sammy it's like like in matches like this you remember sammy's a really good wrestler exactly yeah sammy's like a singles guy like sammy is like a high flyer we've seen it yeah and like he could be in a match with like a mox who's kind of more of like a terrestrial kind of guy you know more of a ground-based guy um and, and, and like adapt to it but still like do his stuff um and it's just i guess just a shame that like and I guess this is no booking's fault. This is Sammy's libido's kind of personal you know? life, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, know. hey, if we can book, you know, if they can cut the bullshit. And remember how Ty's a damn good wrestler too. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like we haven't seen her in a singles match. Yeah. Or anything other than like these that. like yeah. mixed tags or yeah, yeah. dumb matches, it's like, even all right, all their personal shit aside, it's they've made it now on television. But it's like, let's still book them as real wrestlers because they are good yeah. wrestlers. And, 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 and Sammy hasn't been for a long time no, uh, no. Un- until this match. And and uh, yeah, it was uh, damn impressive, I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, we've kind of shat on those two a lot with some good reason. But it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, they're both still talented. Mm-hmm. And if you use them right and everyone that's already built in heat and hatred for them. But so let's use them right. And uh, yeah. yeah, this was, I'd say, a pretty good step in that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, other than that, I know you didn't catch it, but a very quick impromptu tag title match. Swerve in our glory defeated um, the Lucha Bros obviously to set up the match against the acclaimed and Arthur Ashe. But yeah, it was very quick, eight minute, a lot of spots, good stuff. They did a Penta did the destroyer on Keith Lee. So like flip over, it was pretty awesome. But Uh um, yeah, I think everyone knew uh, swerving our glory. We're going to win. So, I mean, it's either going to be the acclaimed or FDR. Take the belts off those guys, you know, so let's go, let's just go right into uh, predicting dynamite in two days yeah let's do that uh, yeah grand slam at arthur ash as i'm pulling up the card it's only four matches 
Um, because I, I presume they're gonna get some time. So yeah. we have or no, it's five because now there were only there were four announced, mm-hmm. but that was yeah. before um the you know what? Never mind. It is four. I keep fucking up. Yeah. So fuck yeah. it. Let's four go. Four matches. Four matches. We have the All Atlantic Championship. And they're all championship matches. All yeah. Atlantic Championship Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Which, if you didn't see, Orange actually like attacked Pack backstage. So wow. kind of like a heel thing for yeah, him. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very out of character. He's challenging for the title, and we know they've had a lot of history. We've been yeah. through it. We have the interim women's championship, another fatal four-way. We have Tony Storm versus Serena Deeb versus Athena versus Britt Baker. We have the aforementioned AEW Tag Team Championship, Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed, and the main event for the vacant AEW World Championship. Vacant really had a great summer, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Um, sure. Who do you got? I know we kind of talked about it already a little bit last week, but, uh, you know, Mox got the win at Revolution, which led into the formation of the Blackpool Combat Club. Those two had a nice tag run. Brian's been the only one of that team to not hold gold since they started. So uh, So, what are you thinking? Hard for it not to be Danielson. I think really, really, really hard. I, I want Mox to win, just like in, in the punk thing. I do want Mox to win. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's probably got to be Danielson, even though I really want Mox to win. Like like I said, same situation um, that I felt at All Out. But do you but, like but, Danielson better than punk? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, uh, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think it'll be Danielson um, for a number of reasons. One, I think, you know, Mox – was out there like we know he was supposed to take some time off the man has fucking earned it i like i said i like you said i wouldn't be mad one bit if he's the champ and he is the ace and he deserves it but i think it's time for a fresh direction you know we kind of talked last week danielson mjf is very fresh although mox mjf there's a lot of juice already oh yeah 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 they teed that up i think it would make more sense so if mjf were to win the title right away it yeah. wouldn't make more sense i think for him to take it off mox as yeah. opposed to danielson right but i guess i'm kind of sitting in the boat of i don't know if mjf's gonna win it right away you no, know like, I, 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 and i don't think he should either i think that's like, what that, kind of what everyone wants but yeah like let's let if danielson gets it you know let's give him a title defense maybe on tv defend against mjf at full gear and then maybe he wins it either winter is coming or maybe you stretch it to revolution but yeah like mjf's been gone for so long i want to see him kind of earn that oh yeah yeah spot again yeah and i think there's just more story to tell you know like like more promos to you know there's like so much there there's you know he's so good that like more time i think would you know age it and season it a lot better versus yeah. like an immediate rush to uh you know that logical endpoint. So here's one thing <clears throat> I talked about with Tim and Justin was on as well last it was Wednesday night I guess we talked. So and it hasn't really been explained but some people are under the impression that this chip that MJF has is like number one contender can be cashed in like it's a money in the money bank. in the bank. Yeah, it's not, right? Yeah. I, I don't think so. Yeah. But like cuz that's certainly not been said granted yeah they could like swerve the crowd and do that mm-hmm. like Justin seemed to think like that's what they were going to do and I'm like wait a second like is that really what this is yeah. so yeah at, at least to my knowledge they haven't announced ever that like that chip can be cashed in right. I was under the impression that just MJF's going to get the shot against the winner at full gear right 
but they were kind of talking like, what if, you know, whomever wins this main event that MJF comes out, cashes in the chip and leaves Arthur Ashe's champ, which yeah. to me, I'm like, I didn't even consider that as a possibility, first of all. And secondly, like, I don't want to see that happen. No, I don't like, want that either. That I mean, like, that's too WWE. Exactly. Like, yeah. for originality's sake alone, like, yeah, why would yeah, you and I, and, and I feel like they would be lame, like, even though it would be, like, exciting to see in person yeah yeah, you know it would be like lambasted on the internet i think you know i I think think yeah i I was like i would i was getting real heated i'm like i would hate that yeah yeah Uh, i I think there would be like a very negative dialogue like to come out of that so yeah i'm definitely hoping that doesn't happen you know i kind of foresee the night ending with whoever wins mjf comes out they do like a stare down but yeah who knows? It's going to be, it's going to be, a, I think it'll be a great match. Obviously. Yeah. I think they probably got about like 25 minutes at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they may get 30 here. Like if it's a yeah. four match card over two yeah. hours, like this baby's going to get some time and sure. uh, it's going to be a war. No doubt it about it. Yeah. So um, let's go to the tag titles. I know we did talk about this at pretty good length last week, but Swerving our glory versus the acclaimed coming off that outstanding match at all out um, where you'll hear where Alex and I have it ranked mm-hmm. soon. We both had it in the same spot um, versus the acclaimed. Who's going to take it? Uh, Probably swerving our glory. I think like for a sim- like similar reasons why, like I don't think MJF is going to like immediately get this title. <laughs> I think like the acclaimed like have more to do as non-champions. Like, I think that there's, you know, like a lot for them to do and just like more room for them to get better, um, you know, and just to tell more story, you know, without the belt than with, you know. So I think, um, you know, that's going to be ultimately the better choice. Like in the long, even though it'd be fun to see the acclaim win, no doubt. it would. Um, I just think like, especially like where AEW is, like, you know, you have these storylines that like are kind of nascent, you know, that like I feel like you can exploit for longer than mm-hmm. they've existed so like i feel like you gotta you gotta let the cake bake you mm-hmm. know? yeah and swerve in our glory you know especially swerve recently been much more heelish you know and mm-hmm. uh you know with the middle fingers and cutting off caster's rap yeah so you know there's definitely some more juice in that heel side of them and like we talked about last week like <clears throat> where the fuck is ftr you know, and it would definitely make more sense for them to challenge Swerve in Our Glory than the acclaimed. Sure. So if you would have told me last week, I would have picked Swerve in Our Glory, and I think that is the right pick. And, I, you know, as a fan of the product, I think they should win. But as a fan of watching wrestling, of course I want the acclaimed to win. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pick the acclaimed. Just okay. I think I think because this has happened so organically, TK is going to strike when the iron's hot. yeah. And it's in uh, New York. They're from New York. But there needs there needs to be upset on this card too. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I think, think either way, it's going to be an awesome match, and I'm totally fine with whomever wins it because yeah. I think there's good stories to be told both ways. Right. Um. But yeah, I think it's going to be awesome for sure. And yeah. I've yeah, I've been wavering back and forth. Uh, but I'll I'll officially pick the acclaimed. Okay. Um. The AEW interim. Women's Championship, Fatal Four Way, yet again, which again. we just had. So, uh, champion Tony Storm versus Serena D versus Athena versus Brit. So we've at least got two new people in here, Deeb and Athena. But where's Jamie Hayter? 
you yeah. know although i'm fine with that i think they are gonna like take their time with that story you know they're mm-hmm. letting it simmer mm-hmm. i just wish she was the champ selfishly yeah um i don't know why we're rushing to do another fatal four-way here with no build but whatever it'll probably be a pretty good match because yeah. arena deeb's awesome and and i hope she wins yeah <laughs> i yeah. do too but yeah I'm... yeah yeah I'm going to pick Tony Storm. I just yep. think, you know, why have her win it and then lose it immediately? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I'd want Serena to win. But, yeah, who do you think will win? Probably, yeah, probably Tony Storm, even though I want Serena to win. You know, I think, <clears> like, <throat> as much as, like, the, like, the TNT title and these other titles have just been kind of, like, even the AEW, you know, World Championship has been <laughs> skidding kind of around. We've been skidding around on skates for the, you know, for the entire summer. You know, I think you need continuity, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I think like if he didn't make that choice, he would have a bit of TK would have a bit of a, I don't know. I think the only other option is Brit. You know, I don't, I just don't see a reality where Serena or Athena win on Serena. Unfortunately, Athena, I'm not going to get into it, but I mentioned on Tim's show, I've been pretty unimpressed with her um, Mm -hmm. just overall. I know she's a lot better. It's, Again, I've said this a lot with talent coming from WWE into AEW is they've not been able to maximize the talent. Malachi yeah. Black, prime example. Now yeah. he's gone. Put out a statement today kind of explaining his whole situation. <clears throat> Mentioned yeah. there were up, not promises that were upheld. Anywho, I've digressed. But um, yeah, I just think Brit is the only other realistic option. And I wouldn't hate it because then maybe that could accelerate a feud with Jamie Hayter. But yeah, I think it's going to be Tony. Probably, yeah. And then this one I think is very tough to pick. All I agree. Atlantic Championship, Pack versus his eternal rival, Orange Cassidy. Who you got? I think this is the upset of the night. I think this, yeah. is, the, this is the big cheer moment for the night. Because like this title, I don't really think needs any legitimacy. And it seems like Pac's dependent overseas. And I think yeah. and they he's got the trios titles. Yep. You know, so I think I think this is um like it'll be a big crowd pleaser for Orange to win this, and I think that'll happen. Yeah, I think I might have picked Pac on Tim's show, but I agree. I think Orange is probably gonna win. But then I say that and I just had the baby faces winning the attack titles, but fuck it. Pac's kind of a baby face too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, they've had an awesome kind of on-again, off-again feud. Their amazing match at Revolution 2020, the triple threat at Double or Nothing last mm-hmm. year. They've been a part of ladder matches and trios matches. Yeah, these two just have awesome chemistry. It's, I would imagine this probably opens the show. Yeah. Um, maybe the tag match, but I would guess. This this feels like a good opener to really get the crowd going. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think I... having a claim, I think a claim should be like at the end of hour one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll take orange. And yeah, I think it'd be really cool for him to get his first title. Like you said, Pac is currently a double champion. So yeah, let's let's take orange. But yeah, uh, yeah. And I think like that'll be like, you know, like you need an upset here. And I think like this is an easy choice for it. Yeah. You know, well, that's that. Uh, real quick before we get to mine and Azar's uh conversation, I wanted to put you on the spot here, and I really think I know the number one answer, but what are some of your favorite matches from the last really we said like may i think it was like may 9th to september 11th i mean i think your number one is swerving our glory versus the acclaimed am i correct either that or orange and osprey okay yeah yeah that's fair yeah Yeah. those those two were great wins um those were both in my top 10 yeah, oh, yeah no, the, orange and osprey might have been just out of it but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the, yeah the triple threat 
Um, you know, um, I I thought or or the or the trios title, not the triple threat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Both yeah. of those from all out. Good. Yeah, was was blood and guts part of this trimester? Yeah, 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 yeah. Blood, blood and guts was was another good one. I um, had the oh, uh, the Jazz yeah. versus Blackpool Combat Club, the Anarchy, and their arena oh yeah, we're, oh yeah, were, were, were they the, the yeah. music kept going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Double or Nothing's kind of almost a blur. Yeah, know, yeah, that was a weird show. I mean, yeah. that was definitely the match of the night for sure. Yeah. But I mean, um, also another thing I remember the most out of it was like the the um, I mean, I know it's not a match, but MJF's promo. You know, yeah, like, definitely. That, like, like in terms of wrestling moments, I mean, yeah. like that deserves to deserve. Well, and to then we talked to Vince McMahon's fucking retirement. You know, the yeah. biggest thing that could happen in the world of wrestling happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in this period, it all did. the CM Punk drama, like. And uh, let's throw Sheamus and uh, uh, Walt Walter in there. Yeah, that, 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 that deserves no to be. Doubt. That deserves yeah, that was right one of my it. five. I'm not going to spoil my list, but that was one of my five five star matches. So during this time period, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, those are some of the ones that have left the most uh, left the most impression on me. Um, you, you know, and like Mox's title run's been fun. I guess it was, it was Tanahashi, right? Um, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, little spoiler here: I had no matches of his in my top twenty-five from this period. But Even a though lot, it would have been like thirty to like, I had so many like four and a half star. Mm-hmm. The Takeshita match. Mm-hmm. Um, he had one with El Desperado in New Japan yeah. that was like a death match. But yeah, yeah, he's had a fucking awesome year. But yeah, none of his really kind of slotted in that upper yeah. echelon. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. He has that awesome year. But yeah, it's kind of been um, more outside the ring stuff that I think has really sort of fueled his you know, greatness this year. Yeah. And it was, this was the period where Will Ospreay catapulted to number one wrestler in the world, in my yeah. view. No, I had he was him at, and Okada, you know, kind of neck and neck, and they still are. But what, Osprey, these last four months, has just catapulted. What, what was his G one match this year? That's another really good one that that, that we watched. Like opening, what, what was it against? Um, because we didn't watch the Okada final, right? No, we didn't. No, it was the uh, El Fantasma. El Fantasma. Yeah, early on, yeah. I mean, yeah, he yeah. had a great tournament for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, of no. course, like his AEW appearances. Yeah. You know, and being in the trios tournament and everything leading up to Forbidden Door, too. Like, um, there are people, just people, other podcasters we talked to that have said, like, yeah, you know, my buddy, such and such, like, had never heard of Will Ospreay before, saw him on Dynamite, and it was like, now he's unbelievable, you know. So it's like that exposure to that casual fan base is like, oh, now they kind of get to see what he's yeah. doing, what he can do too. Because I feel like he could probably fit in in like AEW or even WWE. You know, WWE he oh, may still be like booked. Amazing. Yeah, he may still have like you know a bit of a struggle like getting booked at like the top of the card there. But you know, like I feel like he's you know skilled enough to fit. You know, even if people oh. are gonna be like, oh, it's gymnastics, not wrestling. But still, I think it's entertaining enough, and it's acrobatic and incredible and um, staggering enough that I think you know he could yeah. he, he could find a way. Absolutely. Well. Yes, uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy the list and enjoy this word from our friends, us. Here we go. Well, yes, because today's episode is brought to you by True Classic. Guys, let's talk about t-shirts. Finding that perfect fitting shirt can be just terrible. I swear, the thing is either way too tight or has a case of bacon neck or is just plain big and boxy. 
Bacon you know? neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, True Classic wants to make every man look good and feel good. Good tighter on them. Fit, Yeah, tighter fit in the chest and sleeves to make your arms pop and room in the torso, keeping things cozy. Plus, all their styles are super soft and pocket-friendly. So, guys, no excuses. Get rid of those ratty t-shirts with the bacon neck I know you've been hanging on to for years and get ready to upgrade. And we've got an exclusive deal for our listeners. We want to hook you up with some true classic. For a limited time only, you can get 25% off with the code, you know it, BBB at trueclassic.com. Tell more, Beaumont. All right, we got some talking points here, but uh, do you like your bacon neck shirts um, crispy or chewy? I'm a little more chewy. Yeah, oh yeah, I am too. Yeah. yeah. I chew on my shirt collar. Yeah, uh, so anyways, almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on a certain body type, you know. Well, you think the skinny models with the six pass, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers and big ultras. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, my dudes. It's simple. You're wearing the wrong clothes. Um, the thing about True Classic Tees is they taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. You can throw on that True Classic with confidence knowing we've got your bases covered. And they're more than a t-shirt company. Uh, they have all the menswear staples you can need. They got polos, they got workout shirts with the same flattering fit. Mm. The boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable. We know all about that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they make it super easy to build out your wardrobe and you get top-notch quality for a great value. They have mm. this pack builder on their website where, you, wow, you could custom bundle all of their essential products and save even more than the discount we're offering you today. Um, and for any of the big boys out there, they have long body options for the tall guys and up the triple XL on their staple color. That's me. I'm a tall, I'm a tall guy. You're a tall guy. Um, true classic will make you feel your best by accentuating the places the eye goes to first. Wink, wink. Um, whether you have abs or flabs, their clothes look great on all body types. God, they're all about rhymes. Skinny I'm, dude. I'm a flab. Yeah. <laughs> Skinny dudes, big dudes, buff dudes, my dudes, dudes. True classic as you're covered. What about little buff boys? I'll tell you, get comfortable, get going, and upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code BBB. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100 and a 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. True classic. When you look good, you feel good. Good. Great. It's that time of the year. Our second trimester has ended, and you know what that means. Time to bring back our good friend and fellow nerd wrestling, Mark Alex Azar. Azar, always a pleasure to have you back. Welcome back to the Brain Buster, boys. Good to be back. Been digging the show lately, so you know me, always looking to talk about this. And you're in a new location now, uh, away from Atlanta and back up in the Northeast. Yeah, I definitely uh, fell behind on, especially around best super juniors with the move. And then just with, uh, again, getting situated here, missed uh, probably a good six weeks of AEW and some other uh, stuff. So I know my my favorites for this trimester aren't as comprehensive as yours. 
I certainly uh, had a big pop this uh, trimester. So we last time we kind of went over our total numbers of like total matches, five star, four, seven, five down on the line. Well, you know, we didn't keep them for this period specifically, but I, what I will say is for me personally, I'm currently at three. This is as of, I guess, September 12th, yesterday, 390 matches this year at four stars or more last year i think i had 283 total and we're halfway through september so i think it's a combo of me not having a day job this year and i've had a lot more time during the day to watch and obviously just been watching a lot more and wrestling is just fucking great right now as we know it and wwe's back so uh you know those numbers for me at least are certainly going to come crawling up and Hey, maybe even for you too, as time goes on, huh? Yeah, I mean, I I know I kept up with uh, the big Cody matches, but beyond that, I I don't think I watched too much of them in the past uh, past probably like four months or so. So yeah, I'm, I'm you know I probably need to be catching up on some stuff like Gunther and Sheamus that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, I figured you, know, you definitely yeah. need to catch that one. I mean, I think we were talking about it over text. Like, it was something that, uh, you know, as much as we knew Sheamus was good, just hearing that he was in a match that impressive, you know, it was just exciting to hear because, again, I think that the style that he's good at, you know, was something that he was kind of limited by the way those guys usually wrestle. For sure, yeah. I mean, it, it'd be a dream to see him in New Japan or, you know, fighting strong style like that all the time. But, yeah, I mean, no doubt best match of his career. And, hell, one of the best Gunther slash Walter matches, too. I mean, it was outstanding. But, hey, let's just dig right into this shit. So, uh, as we did last time, we're each going to rank our top 25 matches from this period and I think we released the last episode on May 9th, but I know it was obviously like days before that when we had cut it off. So let's just begin our conversation today with the Impact Under Siege event that you and I attended here in Newport, Kentucky. And I know we're both going to at least have one match pretty high up our list. Uh The main event, Josh Alexander versus Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, I'll say it is... Probably either the best or second best match I've ever seen in person with the other one on this list as well from this time period. And again, at that show, you're it's so small. So we were so close starting cheers, having a fucking blast. I mean, what a night that was, wasn't it? Yeah, I I loved it. I did think it was hilarious how uh, that uh, pair of couples in front of us, like, at least the uh, the girlfriends definitely weren't having a great time. So like they that was, uh, I know we were getting a laugh out of that. They, they left, left before, before the, the main, main event. event. Yeah, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're about to miss Ishii and Josh Alexander, and you sat through, you know, two and a half hours already? But, I mean, that was, that was that was a cool night. Like, again, I, I don't know about you, but I think that was the first time I'd ever seen, like, Jay wrestle or do anything in person. Well, I got to see uh, him at that Impact show in Louisville in March against Alex Shelley. So, again, to get to see him twice like that and so close was obviously great. Yeah, that was that was awesome. And then, again, that opener, I think it was that triple threat for the X Division belt with Speedball, with Trey Miguel, and was it Steve Macklin that was the third guy? It was another one 
It was a three-way match that I'm I remember pull- again just seeing. It. Yeah. I'm pulling up the card now. Uh we had so it was a pre-show match. Is that what you're thinking? We had Laredo Kid versus Speedball versus Rich Swan. Oh, yeah, that that's what I'm It was like an yeah. eight, like an 8-minute match. I think it was on the pre-show. Um yeah, so I've got the main card up here. <clears throat> the opener was Giselle Shaw and Madison Rain. We had Chris Saban versus Steve Macklin, which was a pretty solid match. We had Taya Valkyrie and Deanna Perrazzo, Ace Austin versus Trey Miguel in the X Division, which was a lot of fun. And then we had Honor No More versus Bullet Club, the big five-on-five. Tasha Steeles versus Havoc, which I remember me and Travis from the Wrestle Special were doing our fake Havoc cheer, like, (laughs) just like keeping it as silent as possible, but... uh, and then we had the Briscoes uh, and Violent by Design. And then, of course, Josh Alexander versus Timohir Ishii. So, yeah, it was a, a solid card top to bottom with, obviously, the main event standing out. But, hey, just wanted to at least kick it off with that because uh, we were there. And, hell, Impact has been outstanding this year from the moment go. And I was thinking last night because I was watching their show last week. And I know you haven't been watching a ton but I think I'm going to say Impact has been the most consistent United States wrestling promotion in 2022. What do you think about that? Yeah, having not watched it, it's tough to say for sure. But again, just seeing the way people talk about it and all that is that it is, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of letdowns. Like, even in. Even if you say the peaks might not be as high as anybody else, it's just they do seem to have like the pacing of their stories is going well. The, everyone that's wrestling there, you know, isn't causing a lot of drama. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I can roll with that. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the recent AEW drama in mind, and of course, you know, pre triple H taking over WWE, I mean, remember how dreadful the Royal rumble was. Um, but obviously they've certainly turned a corner and I feel like AEW is, you know, they're going to be fine, but, uh, you know, this week was certainly an indication of that, but, you know, just a thought I had like, yeah, there's been really no missteps. And I mean, you've heard, you've heard me say it like every time I'm like, yeah, that show was awesome. Great matches. The stories are pretty good, but anywho, let's dive in. Um, so like last time we've each got a list of one through 12, top 25 essentially from this trimester so essentially eight or may 6th to about september 12th is kind of our time period here so we're each going to go i guess you'll give your five you know 25 to 21 and then we'll kind of discuss i'll give mine discuss back and forth obviously there's going to be a lot of crossover so uh yeah this is always uh, a blast and uh excited to dig in so uh why don't you hit me what is uh 25 through 21 for you, brother. So I'll start with 25, which is the uh, Super Junior Final. Again, I went four or five on it. And again, I think it's just this, this pair of guys always hits Her- it out of the park together. Hiromu and uh, El Desperado. Yep. Those two. And then the other four would be uh, a bunch of G1 matches. So Goto Tanahashi. Again, I think, again, a good pairing of guys. And as a Goto man, it's always good to see him get, get a rare big win. Uh, Phantasmo and Yoshihashi, which 
you know, I can't remember ever watching a Yoshihashi match and wanting him to win that bad. So yeah, I, again, like commentary says, just, you know, I don't, again, I don't remember it as well as these other ones, but again, I just knew that there was one I liked. And then uh, Tamatanga and Ishii, and I know I'm going to hit on Tamatanga later, but just one of those things that I think Ishii, like, you know, just everybody brought out the best in Tamatanga and, you know, when this kind of singles action G.O.D. started coming into play last fall in the G1, you know, as much as you know, I wanted to think that Tamatanga could do this, I don't think there was enough evidence before then that actually proved it. So just a yeah. credit to him on, you know, hitting big when they give him the chance to run with it. Absolutely. And uh, I want to give a shout out to our my boy Dan Bakley from Cage My IQ, who actually picked Tama to win the block. The only person I know who actually made that pick from the beginning. So I've already given him credit, but I figured I'd do it again. And yeah, I mean, Tama has been lights out since turning babyface. I mean, I think better than, and you've always been a huge fan. I've always liked him, but definitely far exceeding my expectations. And yeah, ELP, you know, he knocked it out of the park in his first G1 fucking Yoshihashi just keeps getting better and better each year. I mean, since 2020, he's just got his G1 performances have been like, holy shit. And not only is this guy not a joke, he is absolutely legit. And like you said, he's like, a, you know, he's got that baby face fire and he makes you want him to win. And uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a run from him. And obviously you're a Goto man. And that match was much better. I think than the, what would the eliminator or whatever to go to forbidden door to fight Moxley. But um yeah, fucking uh, good shit there. And you did kind of, and I'm just, just going to say it, because you did kind of cut out a little bit there. It could kind of hear what you were saying, but it was a little blah, 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 like that. So apologies if that continues to happen. But uh, yeah, so um, interesting. I don't know. What was your 25 again? Uh, 25 was the uh, Desperado Heroic. Okay, that was, the, final. that was the only one of these five that is on my list. So uh, I figured we're going to have pretty varied lists this time, especially because you didn't really see any stardom this period. And I've got a pretty good amount. And, you know, I think uh, our tastes have started to differ a little bit, which is uh, certainly great. I mean, I think we're still in agreement often, but I think our favorites this year have been a little separate from the past. How would you would you say? Yeah, I, I think definitely that. But again, like you said, there's uh, I know there were some pretty solid dynamite matches and uh, ROH or impact matches that you caught and I didn't and same yeah. with stardom. So I think that, again, a big chunk of that is just like my, you know, maybe 15 through 25. You know, if they were contenders for you, got bumped off because you watched a little more widely than I did. Yeah, man, it was a lot tougher to rank this time. I had, I think, the same amount of five stars, maybe a few less four and three quarters, but a ton more four and a halfs this period. So it was fun. And it was like, I'll just say someone like John Moxley, I don't think is even on my top 25. And he's had a fucking unbelievable year and period. Um, but again, just shows the sheer quality of wrestling that we've had this year and especially during these months when I certainly lost my mind. Um, so I will go, uh, 20, I'll, I'll go start with mine 25. I've got Kenosuke Takeshita 
versus Mike Bailey. What was that show? It was one of the indie shows, West Coast Pro. Um, I've got 24, Kazusada Higuchi versus Naomi Yoshimura. Uh, the king of the DDT final, which was for the vacant KOD Openweight Championship, which was vacated by Tetsuya Endo after our boy Katsuhiko Nakajima fucking knocked his ass out for real. Um, and then I have 23, Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson won the match you were at Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, 22, Cody versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. And 21, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii, all out, zero hour. Your thoughts? Yeah, I had I had Cody and Seth in the cell at 18, so I'll mention that now. I think each of their matches have gotten better since uh, since the first one. And, again, I've, the whole time was bought in. It was even for a slower match. I think that, you know, obviously, Cody's been really good, but a testament to – you know, Seth Rollins and keeping him safe and, you know, working through all that injury that Cody was dealing with. And then Kingston Ishii blew me away too. I probably went four or five on it like you did. And uh, yeah, I just love the chop battle, love the intensity. Yeah. And I, then, call, I, I was going to say, I called it the yeah. modern day Kobashi Sasaki. Uh, I, I, I mean, hell, they probably chopped for what minute, ninety seconds plus straight. Like that's definitely the longest I can remember. Yeah, I, 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 I loved it. Again, the intensity with uh, the finishing sequence of the way that Eddie just kept escalating his moves was something that I loved. And then, actually, I had the uh, Danielson Garcia one that I was at at number 17. So I'll mention that okay. now. And I, I think I texted you about it. It was definitely the week it happened. And I think it just goes to show how good of a performer Danielson is that as great of a babyface wrestler as he is, that that whole match, I can never recall watching one of his matches and wanting him to lose so bad the whole time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think I think that's again, it's a tougher skill than is given credit for. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I think uh, maybe in a vacuum, the two out of three falls match might have been better. But I went with this one because of the surprise win. And, you know, like you said, Danielson being able to flip the script like that. And we knew how important of a win it would be for Garcia. And now look at where we're at. Obviously, they're 1-1, and we've got this whole intriguing storyline heading into tomorrow, which, hell, by the time this is out, we'll probably have an idea on which way Garcia is leaning. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a hell of a, a year for him, especially a hell of a past few months. And, you know, him showing that fire this past week against Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, can't wait to see what's coming for him. Um, Want to mention Takeshita and Bailey. So, this match was great. I mean, indie match, they were throwing everything at each other. I kind of put this one at 25 as like both these guys have had an incredible year and I didn't have either of their matches on here. So I'm like, well, shit, they have to be represented. But to catch just matches against Moxley, against Hangman, incredible stuff. Mike Bailey's had some good ones against Trey Miguel. Um, I mean, there's been a lot. I've got him on here quite a bit, 11 times for the year. Let's see. Yeah, Alex Shelley earlier in the year. This period, yeah, Trey Miguel I had at four and a half. 
But yeah, he's had a heck of a year, but um, both hats off to both guys. And then Higuchi, I know we both kind of started the love last year. I don't know how much DDT you've seen this year, but it's great to see him as the champ. And Yoshimura is a guy I'd never seen before. Incredible match in this final. And now they're tag partners and they've had some outstanding tag matches that I think I've gone four and a half on both. So if you ever get the bug to dive back into DDT, uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. But unfortunately, no Yuji Okabayashi yet this year. Ooh, bad point. <laughs> uh, but all right. What is your uh, 20 to 16? I know you've mentioned a couple of them, but let's hear it. So, I, at 20, I've got the Tanahashi Moxley match from the Forbidden Door show, which, yep. again, I watching that live crowd was super hot it's something that again you knew that people were gonna appreciate Tanahashi at that show but I just it went to another level for me and like my I think Mox came out of it looking you know again like I've seen it on Reddit like the ace of the company and you know however well anybody else does I think Mox really has cemented himself as that guy no doubt that it means the most if you beat him in AEW after that match so and I want to bring up here one that that match just missed my cut being live probably would have been like 25, 26. However, you made a great point to me over text the other day that I believe the, the match against punk was the first time that Moxley had been pinned since he lost to juice Robinson in the final night of the G one 2019. Correct. Yeah. Cause I, I know I was, thinking about it because like, he doesn't lose on the indies he doesn't lose in new he doesn't well, he doesn't get pinned in new japan yeah he's lost he's been on the losing yeah. side of a few tag matches but yeah has not been pinned and yeah it was just like holy shit when you brought that up i then i got on cage match and i'm furiously looking and i'm like shit i think you're right so yeah wow talk about how protected that guy is but he's earned every fucking bit of it and sorry i cut you off but i just wanted to bring up that uh great tidbit that you brought up the other day oh good yeah i'd again i think and you can agree mox has come back refocused and he's been incredible this year i think it's something that yeah you you got a touch sloppy at times last year and all it seems like all that's gone the guy just his his moves look crisper and more snug and it's it's been awesome to watch um I'm, I'm loving it. Absolutely. And I think we'll uh, maybe before we do our top fives, we'll talk a little wrestler of the year discussion or wrestler of this period, wrestler of the year. Um, and Mox is right up there for me. And again, it's it shows how good wrestling is that he's not even represented in my top 25 here. So fucking wild. Continue. I've got, I know you mentioned May 9th as the cutoff, and I cheated a little and went back to April 30th. Ah. So, but for this, I've got Okada Naito from Don Taku that I think we covered the last time. That was May 1st. Yeah, yeah. Cody versus Seth in the cell. Danielson Garcia won. And then 16 is Jay and Okada Dominion, mm. which, again, I, I think you liked it a little better than I did. But, I've yeah. I was, again, just really impressed. You know, Jay hadn't wrestled in Japan much lately, and it was something that, you know, unlike a lot of the evil matches and a lot of the other, you know, interference-heavy ones, just it worked in this one. And, you know, he's got that formula with Gato down really well. So I I was all about it. I've 
was really pulling for Okada to keep it and maybe run the table in the G1 as champ. But, no, Jay, Jay's as good as anybody. Yeah, you know I loved it, and you know that one is uh... – going to be a little bit higher up my list but um so you said you ha- you had the okada naito dantaku uh 19 yeah i'll let that slide even though that was last period <laughs> it's okay and yeah so your april 30th ones we haven't gotten to yet correct no that's uh it's I mean, top 10 okay i know what they are and uh yeah. i know so it counts because you didn't watch it last period so you know i that's kind of how i like we had some of that stardom stuff from 1229 in this year that's kind of how we play it if you hadn't you know if you hadn't seen it in that last period even though it occurred then we'll we'll make it happen so um excellent so i'm going to introduce a couple stardoms here and there's okay there's two two of these five matches i know you've seen but um i've got it number 20 uh let me find the show because i didn't write that down here 20 i have saya kamatani versus starlight kid at stardom midsummer champions for the wonder of stardom championship josh alexander versus alex shelley impact emergence august 12th impact world title shot alex shelley's first somehow um, number 18, Hazuki and Julia from the night one of the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix. I've got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta at 17. You know I always love when those two get together. And then 16, I've got the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club and Friends, the Anarchy in the Arena match, double or nothing. I'll speak to that last one Uh Mainly just because uh, I've got that at 15. And okay, I think the energy in that match, like the crowd, it started off so hot. I, it seems like opinions are split, that the, but the music's still going for the first, like, tremendous the match. Again, it just had that Attitude Era rock concert feeling to it. Yeah. It's, it's tough to get. And, like, through no, no fault of, like, how companies are presenting it now, but there was just a unique energy to start. And then, totally agree with you. And then just the intensity. I know with a lot of multi-man matches, it seems like they kind of use shenanigans to keep the intensity high. And this was all substance, you know, a lot of blood, definitely some humor. Uh, you know, who could forget the visual of Kingston just covered oh in blood, my God. coming down with Walking the white back fluid. down, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like looking yeah. just like an absolute, I don't even know. I don't even have the word for it. <laughs> like a monster. Yeah, that was that was that was incredible, and it's something that I, again we talk about it when you have a match that everybody comes out of it looking good, and I think that yep. obviously the Blackpool Combat Club guys did, but even like Jericho's goons, like I think Hager came out looking stronger for sure. Uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange came out looking tough. So what a, wasn't I, I was Daddy- all about it. Daddy Magic, he got forked in the head, didn't he? Like, I remember he was gushing, like, within minutes. And I think someone forked him in the head, <laughs> if I remember I correctly. So. I just remember being amazed at seeing both of those guys just drenched. Yeah. And it was, yeah, like, first 10 minutes. Because you hadn't it wasn't seen a short that, match. Yeah, you hadn't seen that side of those two guys at all, you know, like so that was a cool thing because we've always loved 2.0 and mostly the humor. But to see them mix it up like that and get just downright nasty, 
um, was a ton of fun. And of course, the ending, I mean, which is still a key storyline right now, as we're about to hit our second straight Jericho Danielson match. And what did Jericho made him pass out or whatever in that match. So uh, yeah, it was just great stuff. Indeed. Um, just want to hit on some of well, ZSJ Kenta, like I said, every I think they've wrestled now four straight G ones. It's the only four matches they've had. And I say the same thing every time ZSJ can bring out the old early 2000s Noah Kenta like nobody else these days. And it was all about I'm the senpai. No, you're the senpai. And I think Kenta or no ZSJ called Kenta a fucking young boy at one point throughout the match. A lot of slaps, a lot of strikes. And I love the cocky Kenta at the end, pulling ZSJ up for the pin, not once, but twice. And then he taps his ass out less than a minute later. Just tremendous stuff. Yeah. I, I think, again, you got to give ZSJ credit there. Cause similar to how people say with Ishii bringing out the best in people, like, you know, this, I think it might even be more so that ZSJ got Kenta to, again, do less of the shenanigans and more of yes. the intensity that you know, I know we kind of prefer out of him. But yeah, uh, I mean, one thing I did want to hit on, on your other matches is that under the radar wrestler of the year candidate, which, you know, same as last year, has got to be Josh Alexander. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy's just unbelievable. And, you know, as much as we'd like to see him, elsewhere i'm such an impact fan now that like i don't want to see him go anywhere and i love the story they're telling right now with honor no more finally getting some gold ogk just won the tag titles we've got eddie edwards against alexander coming up i could maybe see a title switch but yeah i mean josh alexander mike bailey Takeshta, you know we mentioned both those definitely in that conversation this year no doubt um, and just, you know, just talking Alexander, the Alex Shelley match was just an absolute blessing. <laughs> uh, Shelley, I've loved the work of the Motor City Machine Guns this year, you know, hadn't seen too, too much of them, you know, matches here or there, but never with any consistency. And both from a single standpoint and a tag standpoint, both Saban and Shelley have crushed it. Again, the build was here, the story, the emotion of it being <clears throat> not only Shell, it's Shelly's first title match, period. Um, and it it knocked it out of the park. Um, I need definitely need to watch that one again. But quickly on the two stardoms, I mean, you know how great Saya Kamatani was out of the gate this year when you were following. It's It hasn't let up one bit. Starlight Kid, I've got three matches at four and three quarters from her this year the AZM one in the first period, this one, and there's another one on the list. This was just a great work, a kind of an epic type selling match from Kamatani where she worked from underneath and scratched and clawed and finally got the win. Hazuki and Julia was the opposite. This was, I told, I texted you right after it happened. It was like a Ishii Shibata G1 2013 light where, so these stardom five-star grand prix matches are 15 minute time limit which I love because it forces it's a quicker match. And you see someone like Shuri, she hasn't had a great tournament because she's not used to these quicker matches. She's like five, four and four or something like that. Um, so these two came right out of the gate, just murdering each other, went about 11 and a half minutes and just watch it. It's fucking unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, I want on, on your, on your other Alexander point, I think you're right. Maybe again, he can stay put because, again, if he goes somewhere else, he's got to reestablish himself. And 
all that. And I know I kind of felt the same way with uh, people wanting all the NXT guys to get called up when the main roster futures weren't great. It's like for me thinking, no, that I want them to stay because if they're doing stuff I like there, then why don't they just keep, keep wrestling there and keep put, you know, doing stuff I want to see. For sure. I mean, I think we did talk about, you know, after Ace Austin went over for the best of super juniors and they brought some, you know, El Lindemann and other champions from other promotions, uh, obviously Wheeler Yuta. It's like, maybe we'll get Josh Alexander in the G1. We didn't, but you know, perhaps next year, I think he would be, obviously a delight to see over there but let's keep it rolling 15 through 11 for you yeah my 15 was your 16 the anarchy in the arena and that is the first four seven five for me the next one okay is also four seven five with the uh hangman dark order versus the elite at all out yep the uh trios belt finals and Again, even as a bit of a Young Bucks hater, I think that this match just – it was a ton of fun. I, I watched this and the All Out show at a movie theater, and you know, I, I was hooked in. And I, I think, yeah, I think one of the things that you have to give the Young Bucks credit for is that, like, when – there's definitely something that they're trying to do with their matches, and they never seem to fail at doing it. They always pull it off pretty much 100%. They're, they don't make mis- mistakes as far as what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, it has gotten pretty popular as far as what they do. So I think that, again, even if it's lower than some four or fives, I recognize that this was a really impressive match. Yeah, and I think I had told you and I talked about it last week, the energy in our room for that match, as well as the tag match, which will be on my list later, and I'm guessing yours, was, you know, as good as it gets pretty much, similar to – lucha bros young bucks is the one i always bring up from last year is probably as like hot as we'd been in the moment but you we talked about it a little off air but quickly tell us about the movie theater going experience because that's something that's getting more and more popular with aew i mean hell it seems like hundreds of theaters around the country show these pay-per-views so what was that like i mean minus uh again Bar, the bar at the movie theater closing early. It, it was cool. Again, like it's going to be a bigger theater than you're going to be able to watch it at if you're at home. And again, I none of my friends up here watch the show. Watch the show, so I just checked it out. And I, I know I'd wanted to for double or nothing, but didn't make it. And uh, yeah, again, it just you get the energy of a live crowd, and you get the chatter between matches and the video packages. But it, it definitely is. Uh, kind of that fun energetic crowd but still like you know not too over the top with people trying to get their jokes over so i <laughs> i i i know we're guilty of of that too so it's whatever but yeah it, it's a great time and yeah and i'll yeah we'll see but i'll probably do it again hell yeah all right so that was 15 and 14 what else you got these next ones are four fives but 13 is jay versus ishii from the g1 and okay. This is just a rivalry that is probably one of my favorites right now with, again, just Ishii being that guy who doesn't take Jay's shit. And it's, it's awesome. I think Jay really bring, <clears throat> brings, the, brings the intensity in these matches when it gets late. And I, I think it was G1 2020 when commentary was saying, oh, like Jay's a master at taking away the best weapon of the opponents, but Ishii's best weapon is his heart and Jay can't yeah. do it. So it's always 
you know, you never count Ishii out till it's over. And that's, yeah, I, I loved it. And those two probably a floor of four or five for all their matches, I'd say. Um, does Ishii still have a winning record against him? Um, I think this would even it up, maybe. Okay. Or maybe yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's close. It's like 3-2 or 2-2 two, two at this point. It's been a hell of a rivalry, though. I know Ishii beat him in the 2019 G1. He beat him in the 2020 G1. And then he beat him at Emergence or whatever that show in America was. It wasn't Emergence, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was that never belt match. The one right where after it, yeah it had the Tanahashi Archer match that you love. Oh yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> All right, twelve and eleven. Twelve and eleven are a tie because I can't pick one over the other. <laughs> Hell yeah! And it's Jay versus Tama from uh, the, the uh, last night of block matches, mm-hmm. and Okada versus Tama from the semifinal. Wow! Right after, yeah. And again, just tie again, Tomatonga getting chances against t- top guys to put on great matches. And yep, you know, I'm loving it. You know, seeing Tama win was something that you know, I'd picked that as a draw. Yeah. And figured that, you know, they'd revisit that, you know, maybe like new beginning. But <clears throat> I did pick Tama to win, but I'd also picked Sonata to win the block, like I think you did as well. <laughs> yeah. I just had a feeling it wasn't going to be Jay. So, you know, next guess, best guess was, oh, okay, this guy's at least been to the finals and we know he's legit enough to get there, but I'm happy it was Tama. And uh, yeah, I was four and a quarter on both those matches, but again, just excellent stuff. And I've been just absolutely thrilled with what we've seen out of him. So were you four and a half on both? Yeah. Okay, tight. Yeah, I would say... Most of mine have been four and a halfers thus far, except I had the Sayakamatani Starlight Kid and JAS Blackpool Combat Club at four and three quarters. So the rest of mine will all be four and three quarters plus. But okay, so I will go 15 through 11. 15, I've got Keno versus Hideki Suzuki. First Noah entrant, N1 victory, night five outstanding 30 minute draw did this make your list it didn't but it was similar to the one that did and yeah like you said i think for me i and the beginning was a touch slow but when they really got going i thought that it was awesome and again i think keno is another guy that i've watched a few of his you know random no n1 matches that you know are against whatever opponents compared to this one and the guy's just killing it with everything he does. So I, I can't blame you here. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, God, I hope he holds that belt for a long time. Please. Um, but, yeah, I loved it because I I started watching this tournament late like you. So, like, the first few days I would just watch a couple of matches. And then once I kind of started getting close, I'd watch more and more and eventually pretty much the full show. But I'd watched two or three Hideki Suzuki matches before this. I think Tanaka and then the one with Fujita, which was very interesting because it was like 15 minutes of just straight grappling, but like pretty good grappling. And then it was just about a five minute slugfest at the end. But to see how Keno pushed him and how Hideki Suzuki pushed back like and Hideki Suzuki, for those who don't know, was in WWE as Hachiman. He was essentially just the bodyguard for Diamond Mind. I don't think he ever actually wrestled, but 
this motherfucker can go. And yeah, it was just tremendous. And just the last few minutes, like you could feel a draw coming, but man, they just battered the hell out of each other. It was awesome. Uh, 14, I've got the best of the super junior final Hiromu Desperado. I'll touch on it briefly. Um, Desperado finally got his crowning win over Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom this year. You know, I think I definitely thought this was going to be his moment to win the best of the Super Juniors since Hiromu had done it two in a row and three total, but it was not. But it was still an unbelievable match, as these two always have. And I just want to mention, because it did not make the cut, because I just watched it today, but just two days ago, El Desperado had a death match with deathmatch legend June Kasai at Takamichinoku's 30th anniversary show in Just Tap Out. And holy shit, it was wild. It's sitting at 9.60 on cage match. We've talked about it. I'm not much of like a deathmatch guy, but I can certainly take it from time to time. And this is by far the best one I've ever seen. I'll leave it at that. Um, watch it. It'll be on next list for sure. Well, I guess next list will be the final. It's either a four and three quarters or five. I'll probably stick with four and three quarters, but it fucking ruled. And yeah, this is the only Desperado match I've got on the list. So I just want to take a moment just to gush on him as well, especially in this period. Best of Super Juniors. I think I had six matches of his at four, four and a quarter. He was my MVP by far. Um, the Okada match earlier this year, the Moxley match from Nashville, which you also need to watch another death match style. The guy can do it all. And I'm obsessed with him. I fucking love El Desperado top five wrestler of the year and top five favorite of the year. <clears throat> I mean, even it, it, it was probably like in that 30 to 35 range for this period, like the, uh, tag match with Kanemaru against Swerve in our glory. Oh, Forbidden Door pre-show. Outstanding, yeah. Yeah. Again, just one of those matches that, again, if you didn't know to look for it, you might not catch it, or if you didn't watch the show live, but it was it was awesome. Like, Being guys, in the building for that one, too, yeah. man. Like, oh, it was so great. Let's see. Um, I've got a couple other Desperados. Yeah, I've just got tons of four and a quarters against Wheeler against El Lindemann, against Doki, against Eagles, against El Fantasmo. That's five four and a quarters from the best of Super Juniors alone in this period. He's a fucking king. Okay, 13, Julia, Starlight Kid, um, also from the five-star Grand Prix. Number 12, either the best or second best match I've ever seen live, Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy, Forbidden Door. And then number 11, G1 semifinal, Will Ospreay versus Tetsuya Naito. So I also want to say this period, Will Ospreay has fully established himself as the top wrestler in the world. Your thoughts? I, I'm leaning towards that too. I think, <laughs> you know, he really found another level somewhere between the G1 and 2020 and beating Ibushi back at uh Sakura genesis last year and yeah and i'm just, again like you i'm waiting for him to have his big moment over okada because the guy is incredible he can he can do everything now we will get there i imagine um but yeah like first period i would have said okada definitely my wrestler of the year it's now will osprey without a question and i mean what he did on aew 
you know, those both those trios matches were unbelievable. The guy is he's on another planet, um, you know, and I think even 2019, he might have been the best wrestler in the world. And think of how much better he is right now. It's scary. And he's what, 28, maybe. If he if he's less than 30, that's for yeah. Sure. Like he, cause you know, we let's call back to that Kushida match we watched of his, what was it? The 2017 best of the super junior final, which we watched that on a zoom a few months ago, blew our fucking minds. I think I know I'd seen it at least I'd seen it once, but didn't remember it. And he's what 40 or I'm like, he's probably put on 25, 30 pounds since then. And you're like, no, I'd say 40 at least. And he can still do the high flying moves when he needs to, but he that's not his bread and butter anymore. I mean, he's unbelievable. And I mean, he's a great promo now and he's almost kind of gone baby face just organically because people love the United empire. Um, but yeah, more on him to come. Um, so let's just stick with him. Cause I got these two matches Osprey and him at forbidden door. You know, it was something where people are like, really, you're going to give Will Osprey to orange Cassidy. Well, Orange Cassidy can fucking go, people, and he proved it, and that was the match of the night of the best show of the year, in my opinion. Granted, I'm biased, uh, but just the energy in that arena. I mean, all night, but especially for that match. They took us on a ride. It was such a unique matchup, you know, one that you'd never think you'd get to see, and boy, it was just tons of fun and had us on the edge of their seat. What do you think? How did that rank for Forbidden Door for you? I can't remember where you had that. I think that's my number three. You had Claudio it, and ZSJ pretty high up, right? Yeah, I had that. And then yeah, I, I put Mox Tanahashi above that's right. the Osprey, Orange Cassidy. But I mean, similar to the uh, double or nothing three way with Omega and Pac, it was yeah. just like some of those near falls were super convincing. And again, I think that, you know, Orange Cassidy definitely, like, there's a degree of creativity in some of those matches that you especially in the high profile ones like that that you see something you've never seen before so no you know as much as i it wasn't my opinion that it was the best on the show like it was a good enough match that i wouldn't question that for a second no doubt um and then the first time maybe the only big first time matchup that we've been waiting for in new japan pro wrestling Will Ospreay again against Tetsuya Naito, and it happened in the semifinals of the G1, and it did not disappoint. Um, I think I believe we both went four and three quarters. I assume this will still be on your list. Yeah, I, I have it at nine, so we, can, we yeah. can hit it now. And again, I just think it was something that, you know, going into this match and throughout the G1, at least I know I was thinking that Naito was going to get the setup for a big win over Jay at the Dome, and Yep. Commentary was definitely leading you down the path. The whole that, tournament. And he started 0-2. Yeah, it again, I I think you guys especially towards the end, it was something that some of the, the finishers and the counters was it was special. And I've again both get, you know, Naito might be uh nearing the end of the road, but he's as good once as he ever was. No doubt. Yeah, the chem they had outstanding chemistry. Um, you know, a lot of smiling, even towards the end when they were just getting down in the nitty gritty. I remember Naito was just getting slapped or beaten and just laughing. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see this match again. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. Quick thought I had last night. Um, 
because I was listening to Super J cast and they had brought up the whole Hiromu Naito match that was supposed to happen at the 2020 anniversary. How do you feel about a Naito Hiromu Wrestle Kingdom match? This year, I'm in this year. This year. Like both guys seem to be directionless right now. I mean, you know, Naito didn't win the G1. Um, hell, who's even the Taiji Ishimori is the junior champ. So do we really need to see Hiromu Ishimori again? You know, the match is incredible, but like, let's see something fresh. I mean, I'm split because I want to see the Hiromu Naito match, but I think because it didn't happen two years ago, I I, want to see it, but I think Hiromu needs to win. And again, I feel like if Hiromu wins now, it doesn't bode well for Naito getting that one last moment. So, well, who New- knows? But I, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see it than not. So, yeah, New I'm J- not going to say no. New Japan booking would dictate, though, that Naito wins the first match and then Hiromu can get his win a year later or whenever. I mean, as we've seen happen with Naito and Okada and now Will Ospreay and Okada, you know, you don't need to get that big win right away. And Naito's still got enough juice in the tank. For a few more years, I think. Yeah, I if it happened, yeah, I won't be complaining if it happens this year. I guess I was just thinking in terms of where we're at right now with both guys. Obviously, we're just now kind of getting into some pre-Wrestle Kingdom stuff. I mean, we're not even there yet on this Burning Spirit tour with any big shows. But um, yeah, just a thought. And then quickly just wanted to touch on the one match I didn't mention here, Julia Starlight Kid. Goddamn, very similar to Julia and Hazuki, just a very fast-paced brawl that where they hate each other and the factions at ringside are involved. And I remember they had a match was at beginning of last year that we both really liked early on in the year as well. Um, or no, that was the Tam Nakano, but she, he did, she did have a nice match with Starlight Kid last year too. But again, both of them, unbelievable. And uh, let's move into the top 10. All right. So my first no match that I'll hit, Nakajima versus Funaki went four, seven, five, or four, five. And yeah, it, I was tempted to go a little higher, but it was, I think, similar to the Keno and Hideki Suzuki match that it had a bunch of the grappling and a lot of other, a lot MMA styled action to it, and again, just the intensity. And I, I'm trying. It also reminded me of like that Ibushi Okan match from last year that, oh yeah, again felt very much like a chess match too. Yes. That had that, that again the that strategic aspect of it as lame as that sounds no i i get that parallel for sure i thought it was really cool and i think i texted you i don't know if it was like before i started it saying that i was about to watch it and then mid-match just texting you saying this is amazing and (laughs) after it ended sending it one more and i don't don't think you'd responded to any of them yet and it's just like i didn't think a funaki (laughs) match could be that good yeah i mean Nakajima is again another guy who's the total package and even though there is one guy in Noah that I do like better I think that he is probably the the most well-rounded of anybody in there and has the highest ceiling wait are you telling me you like go more than Nakajima just a tad since when 
I got to send a screenshot of that uh, YouTube search history for you to have. Kenta the, Nakajima. Uh, Nakajima Kenta. Oh, I was actually making a like list of Noah match recommendations for Tim King and whomever else wants it. And yeah, it was fun just reliving some of that. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of making like just a I'm going to make a big general spreadsheet promotion by promotion with just match recommendations and links to spread the gospel. But uh, interesting. I just did not expect. I mean, we've been so slobbing all over nakajima these past few years and obviously go shiyazaki is a king and was one of the best wrestlers in 2020 but uh i'm surprised to hear that buddy <laughs> <laughs> okay so at nine i had the naito osprey match we mentioned yep and then at eight we have go versus kaito for the, the from- april 30th i still have not yeah. gone back and watched it but i will force I went four seven five on this, and I just I think it's incredible. I've, you know, maybe there are guys that are better than Go right now, but he probably is my favorite. Like, if there's anybody that like I watch his matches and I want him to win, it's that guy. And I've I've watched all of. I'm only through I like think night seven of the N one, but I've watched all of his matches. And on our spreadsheet, I think it's in the honorable mention section. At the top of the list, it just says Goshiozaki exists because the <laughs> the guy the guy's awesome. I think. Oh, that, absolutely! And he's yeah, had a great I'm, year. Yeah. I mean, starting with all those losses early on, and obviously climbing out and winning the title, and then losing it to Kojima, but had a great N one. Yeah, he's unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. But um, was it black pants, black hair, Kaito? I presume yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, it would have been. Which is the best version of Kaito, uh, rather than Birds of War current Kaito. Um, sure. Back to the blonde, but yeah, anywho. Yeah, uh, number seven, you haven't mentioned it yet, but I'm sure you will soon. The Acclaimed versus Swerving Our Glory All Out. Also number with- seven for me. I mean, how hot was that crowd? Like, I know when I was watching it at the movie theater, like, as as lively as they were for everything else that night, I don't think anything had the same energy as that match did. No, and same with us, too. Like, it seemed like nothing was going to eclipse that trios match, but this definitely did. And, I mean, who would have thought the acclaimed? I mean, obviously, Bo and I would rip on them all the time back in the day, but what a just incredible, organic thing that – somehow Billy Gunn is wrapped up in and a key figure and it's scissoring and all this shit, but God damn, are they over? And yeah, what a just gem of a match. And I think the other thing to follow that up is both. I think the acclaimed guys proved how good they can be bell to bell for sure. And then I think it is kind of understated at times because they are tag champs, but swerve and keep Lee just like hats off, you know, hell of a finding their niche in the company in general like they yeah i think it's something that there have been a lot of guys that people have been dissatisfied with them as far as the creative or the amount of presence they've had in AEW, and those guys just have quietly but organically really gelled and been a cool part of the show and you know again reddit like everybody loves that pair like it's something that they work so well together and there's still a lot of mileage in that. Absolutely. They've taken the ball and run with it and they seem to be at least swerve fully heel now. I mean, it'll, uh, 
Keith Lee hasn't really done anything heel worthy, but Swerve certainly has. And I think he's much better as the cocky heel. And uh, yeah, I mean, Anth- I mean, Bowens, especially in this match. Holy shit. Just from straight work rate point, the selling of the knee, just all of it, the comebacks, the, the fighting spirit. You know, we knew how we knew he was good in the ring, but not this good. And Caster certainly held his own. Got the big slam off Keith Lee, which got props from John Cena and uh, Billy Gunn at the very end, trying to climb in the ring to break up the pin, but he just couldn't get there in time. And it's going to be a hell of a rematch uh, next week at Arthur Ashe. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm excited. And then my number six is the uh, Claudio ZSJ match from Forbidden Door, which I, I love this. It was one of those things that I think they started it. You know, again, you can't do it too often where you start with the finisher and you know go for the instant win, but yep. it just set the tone and both guys worked awesome. And I think, again, Claudio winning, you know, as much as you, know, you, you and I have really grown to appreciate ZSJ more every year since we started watching the guy. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, I, again, Claudio is one of those guys that, He's shown up and just it feels like he's been there all along. It's just so natural with him in the show. Like I'm I'm loving it. And I was again, just like everyone's talked about for years that he was out in night one, just puts on one of the best matches of the year, you know, in his new home. So I loved it. Yeah, and I mean so that along with the Moxley Tana did not make my list, both four and a half, both very close. And yeah, being there for it, you know, everyone pretty much knew it was gonna be him. But still, the moment that music hit and then you see the Swiss flag pop up and just that pop in the building, I mean, again, was something special. Uh, Probably the loudest moment of the night, I would, if I recall correctly. And yeah, the match, like you said, Claudio, you know, as Cesaro, we had always known how he was great and we'd seen great matches, but... As Vince McMahon said, he didn't grab that brass ring and he never really got the opportunities that he deserved, frankly. And like you said, he's belonged since day one. He's looked like a star. Um, Yeah, he's not the greatest promo, but he doesn't really need to be, especially part of the BCC. And uh, yeah, and then while we're on the subject, I forgot to mention his match with Takeshita, another four and a halfer for me. Um, and the match he had last Friday against Dax on Rampage, four and a quarter, but another outstanding match. And yeah, he's just been the man since coming. Yeah, we only hope he can come again. <laughs> oh, though, we'll be coming. All right. All right. Uh, 10 for me is the trios tournament final Kenny and the Young Bucks over Hangman Silver and Reynolds. We already discussed, but I guess let's discuss this a little more because we didn't really get into the nitty gritty of like the hangman stuff because i love that they kept that you know that his character has been so consistent with the young bucks that i loved it like that just so early in the match like silver beating on matt jackson's back and he's like he won't let it happen but then as the match goes on he kind of turns on the intensity but then he even has that moment of hesitation later in the match and obviously all the stuff with he and Kenny was just glorious. Them dragging their counterparts to the corners and tagging themselves in to go face to face. Just awesome stuff. And of course, Hangman hitting Silver with the buckshot at the end and being very sad about it. It just ruled. It was awesome. 
Um, number nine, I've got Josh Alexander versus Tomohiro Ishii. Match we were at. I know that'll be on yours, so we can we can hold off. Um, seven, we just talked about it. Also the same as yours, Swerving Our Glory versus The Acclaimed. And number six, I don't believe you've seen either of these matches, but I've got FTR versus the Briscoes two in the best two out of three falls match. Um, all these four and three quarters for me, that one was the closest to five. Oh, did I skip? Did I say eight? If I did, eight is Robbie Eagles versus ELP from best of the super juniors. I don't think I said that. No, I, I, I think it was probably a night or two before that is where I slipped off. So yeah, that match was fucking awesome. And I mean, seeing a different side of Robbie Eagles than we've seen, and again, there's history there with him being in the Bullet Club back in the day. Man, I want to watch that one again. It was just a fucking war. And uh, they went fast, hard, and strong, and it was great. Yeah, that was eight. Sorry. Um, and then, yeah, FTR Briscoe's two was just just a touch below five stars for me. I think it went like 40-something minutes, two out of three falls. Again, unbelievable shit. Hopefully you can watch each of those two matches before the end of the year because – I mean, number one is still top five for me this year, and this is probably top 20, top 25. But, um, yeah, just amazing. So before we go into the top five, because I know we'll talk more about Alexander Ishii, let's talk a little wrestler of the year, maybe show of the year, of the period year, whatever, maybe show of the period year. I already mentioned mine, but just anything – about this period or this year that we want to get off our chests, maybe someone or a match you had mentioned uh, before we swing into the top five. I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, I think, Okada. again, I need to catch up on Osprey because I think he's might be on that as far as quantity, but Okada back on top is just setting the pace. Like I'm, he's getting more four, two, five plus for me uh, than anybody um, Goshi Ozaki, again, the guy just every time he gets a singles match, it's phenomenal in, in my book. Um, let me think what else. I guess uh, on the show, show of the period, I, I think I've got to go with Forbidden Door. Yeah. Again, I think that 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 was just one of those things that as much as we knew it was coming, it still, you know, kind of felt like Christmas when it you <laughs> yeah. found out it was actually happening. And for me, it's in Chicago and I can actually drive and go. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was I think I think it's gotta be Forbidden Door. Uh there were definitely some G one days that were pretty good. And again, I uh, man. No, you're good. I, so I wanna yeah, I'll touch on the yeah. G one real quick. A good G1, but as I go through my list, I think I have two matches of 25, whereas last year, and hell, even 2020, I felt like from a match quality standpoint, we're a lot better. And I mean, this G1 with the schedule, the four blocks, it just didn't quite feel the same. And I know you weren't really watching it all in real time, but it's just like, you know, some guys don't wrestle for 10 days and it's hard to know who's at what score, but then it's like, oh, this guy has eight points, but he's had four matches, and this guy has two, but he's only had two matches. So it was just, like, hard to follow. Still great, of course, and obviously the final is a fucking all-timer that we'll get to. Um, 
But yeah, I guess this might be my least favorite G1 since we've started watching in 2017. How do you feel about that? I'm going to agree, but it, more in the sense that, again, it's like if you have five options that are all really good. <laughs> yeah, it's more if, that the others the were least, all yeah. so good. And I mean, it, yeah, it's not like this was bad. It was still good. But yeah, I think just the cohesiveness of it wasn't quite the same. And I'm, I kind of hope next year maybe they bump it to 32 and you have four blocks of eight. And I feel like you can maybe even things out a little bit easier that way. And there's definitely guys that weren't there this year. The likes of any of these young lions coming back, Yuya, Ren, um, Shota, who was fucking unbelievable at Forbidden Door, um, and not to mention Moxley, Josh Alexander, Danielson, any other guys from other promotions. I think it makes sense. What about you? I'm, I'm for it again because I, I know before it started, I, I think – I'm pretty sure it was like you and a few other people. I screenshotted something I made of like a seven block or yeah, yeah you were block, crunch, you seven, were crunching the yeah. numbers early. So I, it it made sense, but again, like you look at it and like again, how do you figure out how to schedule these shows? And I think one thing that I, we haven't talked about yet, and I'll throw it out there for us to hit quickly, is if they found a way to do one of the blocks of the G1 entirely in the United States. Like maybe have it be like five to seven Western wrestlers in that block. Yeah, like some AEW impact, maybe some guys that have been just at New Japan strong. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I guess I just you know, it's something to wish for, I guess. But I've like you said, there's too many guys that want to do the G one that I think that it is on both companies to figure out how to keep them happy and you know make some of these matches happen. Let's hit on two major, one especially, major, major news items here in this period, and a third that I don't want to talk about, that being the CM Punk bullshit. We've been through it enough, but it's just a crazy, crazy year. Number one, Vince McMahon fucking retired. (laughs) I think it's something like, that is the biggest news that could have ever happened in wrestling. And it's now overshadowed because of all the fucking madness that's happened since then. But like, did you ever think in a million years that this would be the year that that happened? I mean, deep down, I never thought he'd retire. Me neither. I think it'd be, it would be something that again, like it would be a health thing that like either he physically forced out. Yeah. Or he would just like, die you know from all the roids or whatever just, <laughs> yeah. yeah die on the job and yeah as morbid as it sounds but the guy just everything you hear again we've never met him but <laughs> everything you hear is just the guy is that what do you mean i've been to dixie Ch- what do you mean i've been to dixie chili with him was employed by <laughs> i kid um yeah i'm with you i mean i think we all kind of just assumed it would be till again health or the day he died and it's still crazy Again, WWE is a lot better. I've been, I've had my eyes on it more and will continue to do so. I heard there was an incredible six man on SmackDown with Sheamus and his goons against Gunther and his goons that I want to watch. I know there was a nice Chad Gable and Gargano match last night that I'm going to watch. So yeah, just still insane to think about that. And, you know, it's funny that we've seen a lot of these guys get their first names back, <laughs> like Matt Riddle, yeah. Tommaso Ciampa, Austin Theory. 
I wish Gunther would go back, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But he's still Walter in my heart. Well, I mean, I, I, I think you hit on the, the big point when you started this, though. Like, is there any bigger news other than maybe if Vince had decided to sell to, like, Disney or something yeah. that yeah. you could possibly think of? No. Like, even big, like, yeah, I, I, like, even, like, a, you can think of, like, company mergers in wrestling that would be a smaller deal than anything related to Vince not being in charge. <laughs> yeah, I remember coming into this year, our good buddy High Five Tom tried to get people to kind of fill out a 2022 bingo card of sorts of like craziest things that could happen. Cause last year was a crazy year. It didn't materialize, but I've gone back to him many times and it's like, who would have thought this, 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 and this would happen capitalized by Vince McMahon, no longer running the show. It's, it's still surreal. And then the last note before we get into the top five crowds are back in Japan, baby. Um, I don't know if you've watched the show yet. Uh, have you caught that show yet? No, I still haven't. But okay. again, that, like everybody saw, Suzuki versus Bad Dude Tito started Bad off. Bad Dude Tito, baby. Yeah, it's it, it was special, man. Like again, the match, the card was nothing to write home about. It was just a normal road to show, but it felt special. You know, the crowd heightened the whole show. Hopefully they can continue doing this because man, it really, really makes a difference. And like, imagine all these amazing new Japan matches or, and Noah and other Japan stardom, whatever that have happened over these past two and a half years that if they had the crowd, how much better they would have even been. So good times on the horizon. I think top five, what do you got? Top five. So top five is uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Josh Alexander. I would say the best match I've ever seen in person. Again, I think it's just one of those things that, again, beginning of the year, I would have never expected I'd have the chance to see an Ishii singles match. Let alone just... like 20 feet from him on the yeah. floor. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just awesome match. We were having an awesome time. I think I got, it turned you, you... the crowd against Josh Alexander. Oh, come on. I don't want a walking weapon coming up here after me. Yeah, there, remember there was that one moment where I think I yelled, let's go Ishii, and he kind of gave me a bit of a death stare. Well, I mean, I don't, you, you can go into more of the details of the match, but again, it's just Ishii is as good as anybody, and Josh Alexander is joining that group pretty rapidly if no he's doubt. not already there. And that's an incredible match. Like Those two guys work flawlessly, and I loved it. Honestly, I haven't even rewatched it since we were there live. So I can't even really say too many details because we were certainly, or I was certainly a bit lubed up by that point at the main event. But yeah, I just remember, especially down the stretch, just so many great striking counters. Uh, I think Ishii may have had him in an ankle lock at one point. I obviously will and want to rewatch it, but there's just been so much fucking great wrestling and all these tournaments that, I've been behind for so long and trying to get back into WWE and even haven't even had the chance, but uh, yeah, it was fucking great. And I mean, like we said, to see Ishii that up close and personal against the caliber opponent like Josh Alexander in Newport, Kentucky, seven minutes from my house was a real treat. Yeah, that, that, that was awesome. Number four, 
Miyu Watanabe versus Miyu Yamashita. Wow, I love it. TJPW. Yeah. Went four seven five on this, but it's something I I don't think I'd see anything from either of these two, but just saw on cage match. Yeah. That it was like nine three or something. And uh again, we've got this, the rest of the universe. So I figured I'd check it out and Again, I think it's one of those things that it speaks to, you know, when you see one of those matches that hooks you in because knew nothing about it and just definitely a real underdog story. And it was, again, I, I don't know where you had it, but I was I was blown away by this. And, I, it, again, I, one of the few TJPW matches I've ever seen, but it's, again, up there with the best stardom or even that uh, – the Hokuto, Hokuto uh, Kandori match that we watched at Hot Place in Atlanta. Yeah. Again, phenomenal, phenomenal match. Yeah, I was at four and a half on this and four and a half on the final Watanabe versus Yuka Sakazaki, but I did like this match better. Uh, yeah, I mean, the underdog story, like you said, it, without knowing too much about it, I mean, I'd watched one full TJPW show earlier this year. It was called Summer Sun Princess, July 9th, because they were the first show in Japan, to my knowledge, that would allowed fans to cheer with their mouths. And it was a pretty awesome show. So I'd seen a little bit, and Yamashita wrestled uh, Thunder Rosa, I believe, on that show. Watanabe, I'd maybe seen once or twice. But yeah, pretty fresh on both. And they fucking went to battle. And it was awesome. And same with the final. I mean, we'd seen Yuka Sakazaki a little bit in AEW, but... It was another awesome matchup, and my God, I think Joshi right now is as good or better than any fucking wrestling out there, whether it be TJP Dub or Stardom, just fucking rocking it. And yeah, I just think there's something special. Like we've said when we got into New Japan and Noah and with all these other companies, you see one or even both wrestlers you've never even heard of or seen, and just they can win you over that quickly and Again, like the match can tell that good a story and be that exciting. It's some again when when you see the Reddit debate of, you know, work rate versus uh, versus character work, and it's something that you can you can have the best of both. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, top three. Top three, Shingo Osprey five. I knew that this would be th- one of them. Again, it's just. These two guys are incredible together. I again, I feel like it's one of those that it's unfair to say, but the expectation is they're going to put on a five. Yeah. And <laughs> yep. I think I, I told you, like, there was, I think it was in the fall that I watched their first four matches back to back. And if somebody's told you, said that any of those was a five, I, I wouldn't question it. And this certainly was too. So I think again, they... these guys, yeah. I was going to say perhaps the best or second best pairing ever in ring together behind Okada and Omega in terms of just yeah. chemistry and just mastery and magic out there together. Number two, I guess this is cheating a bit because it was Don Taku on May 1st, but Tanahashi Ishii, again, as good as a lot of Ishii matches are, it is one of those that, you know, I really, really wanted Ishii to win, and he just couldn't quite pull it off. I think we talked about it before, so we don't need to run through it. And then my number one, which I don't know where I'd rank it all time, but is probably the best match I've seen in maybe like two years or so. I was blown away by it, is the G1 final. 
Yep. Osprey Okada. And this was after Osprey beat Naito. I was, I was promo where Osprey said he wasn't going to lose. And Osprey bringing out all those finishers of other guys that had beaten Okada. Yep. And it was just like, oh man, he's not going to do it. And just wondering what's it going to take. And, you know, again, I think the hope is moving forward if it happens that, uh, Osprey beats Okada. Is he going to get that world title reign that I think we all expected Kenny to have and didn't yeah. quite happen that way? Yeah, I mean, I got to, and I'm with you, obviously. I think it's by far the best match of this period and this year. And like you said, top 25 or all time, maybe. I mean, we'd really have to kind of go back and look and think about it and watch it more. But I mean, I had their match from Wrestle Kingdom at number one in the previous period. And I've got their match at G1, the number one in this period. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just fucking unbelievable. I mean, I can't even remember, like, the spots right now. And I know I talked about it on our sh- or on Tim King's show. And I think we are going to review this match soon. Spoiler alert on the BBBs, which will be fun. But um, it was a fucking masterpiece. That's all I got to say. If you haven't watched it, just fucking watch it. You don't need to hear me talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I I would say this was definitive scale breaker territory, at least in my book. For sure. And the only one of this year, I think. Um, Whereas last year, there might have been four, um, in my opinion. But, okay, we've definitely got two of the same top five. Um, Number five, not on your list. I don't know. Maybe you didn't watch it, but Taiji Ishimori versus Hiromu Takahashi, Korokin Hall. Did not get to it. No, but I... I remember you mentioned it, and yeah, I think it was just I was moving around then and then lost track. Yeah, of it. it was late June, and it was on a random road to show as well, as opposed to Dominion, which is typically when the best of super junior winner faces the junior champ. But so all these five, five stars for me. This is the only one that I didn't I haven't rewatched and that I'm somewhat questionable on going five. But in the moment, like, I think it went 36, 37, 38 minutes. I mean, not nearly as good as their 2018 best of the Super Junior final, which is a scale breaker, in my opinion. But Corican Hall, again, brings the best out of these two. And they just went to fucking war. And you thought it was going to be over four or five different times. And they just kept going and going and going to the point where, you know, when you're on that crescendo in a New Japan match of what the fuck is going to happen, And again, I think it was maybe a bit of a surprise that Ishimori retained there, but I'm happy he did. You know, like this division is kind of revolved around Hiromu almost to a fault, but not quite because we've had El Desperado step up and be every bit as good as him, I think, in the last couple of years. And we know how great Ishimori is. Rohit Raju told us that. So, um, but yeah, another one, I imagine you'll probably catch this before the end of the year as we kind of do our uh, blitz uh, to prepare for the final uh, final stretch here. But, yeah, number four, Shingo Osprey. We just talked about it. Bonafide fiver. Easy peasy from these two. I mean, what, 20 minutes, 21 minutes of just pure beauty. Um, I think I, where do you, like where do you rank this one in their five matches? I think I go third. I'd go third or fourth. Okay. Because for me. Because I think again, I think it's one, four, three, 
three in this or where it gets <clears throat> murky and then three's new two, japan cup right yeah two is and yeah the second one is uh d1 2020 yeah which i, I don't know i went four or five in the moment but yeah i'm tempted four, to I'm, bump it even higher i'm four seven five on that and the cup final so i would say g1 2020 is five cup finals four this would be three and then last year's Duntaku match at two and then of course best of super juniors 2019 final number one might be a top 15 or all time i need to go back and revisit that i'd pulled it out my handwritten list of what i'd kind of started during covid when we were talking about all this best matches of all time but maybe revisit that before the end of the year because uh, we've had a few that have etched their way onto that list here in the last couple of years. But number three, we talked about it earlier, but Gunther and Sheamus did not expect to see a WWE main roster match this high. I mean, you, without seeing it, I think you have an idea of what went down. So uh, we'll just kind of leave it at that. I mean, it's the best of Kings road slash strong style that you would want out of these two. And, uh, with Seamus's white skin, his chest certainly was not by the end. But, uh, yeah, just awesome. I know you'll watch it. Again, it's under 20 minutes. Just fucking beautiful. Crowd was so hot. Just awesome stuff. Number two, Jay White, Kazuchika Okada. Yes, I've got it this high. Um, I just, it was, I think this was the culmination of everything we'd been wanting from Jay White since he left Japan in early 2020 the psychological warfare on okada i think was better than he'd ever done i mean he did it again like sonata and the g1 opener was very similar but he's just become an absolute master of getting in the head of his opponents and he's just so good at the work and the heel shtick and talking at like his in-match shit talk is now unparalleled. I used to say it was Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, and then the rest of the list. It's now Jay White and then the rest of the list. I think what he's able to do with his fucking mouth throughout the course of a match is just so compelling. And he won. I mean, every like he won clean, right? Like I can't remember exactly. There might have been some little thing, distraction down the stretch. It's been a minute since I've watched this. June 12th and I know I rewatched it shortly after but yeah sorry there was a bit but it wasn't a ton like it, like similar like slightly more than Danielson Garcia which was yeah negligible. I, re- I remember the finish for like the Blade Runner was like a sick counter too again it's been a minute but I remember that finish being just excellent as well um and fuck i mean what let's take a second to talk about it assuming that is the wrestle kingdom main event which i think it will be because there's no briefcase defenses this time around and it's one night who wins jay white or okada who wins and who do you want to win i i think okada wins i think that again that him getting the back-to-back g1 that uh again they have him finally beat jay in the dome I think there's, again, with how many times Jay's beaten him before, that there's other mountains for Jay to climb, even if he uh, even if he loses this against Okada and just winning tournaments in general. But who would you I, want, I, who would you want to win? 
I guess it's kind of hard to say without, you know, sometimes when you're watching a match, you don't know until that moment. But as we sit right now, what do you think? And there's part of me that does kind of want it to be Jay because, again, I, you know, I just feel like with Jay and Osprey, you both guys sort of need to get, you know, you know, a four or five defense long reign, and you know, now's as good a time as any, and you know, Okada's not going anywhere. So yeah, I'd, I could see, I could go for a Jay win, but again, I think. You know, we'll see what happens day of the show and when all that comes together. But again, who I want to win, I again, I think either way, either either option could be so good that I really can't take one side. I agree with you. I think Okada will win, but I definitely want Jay to win. One main reason he had zero title defenses in his first reign. He's had zero title defenses now. He's almost, you know, again, since the G1, there's been so much dead time now, but it's like we're not even, like, engaged with these guys. He's going to defend the belt against Tama, yeah, but it just seems like they bring him up to this point, but yet then he comes down. So I, I would like to see that extended run here, and then maybe Okada takes it off him at Dominion or something, or I don't know, but I do think Okada's going to win. I just want a long, dominant reign by Jay White, frankly. And yeah, he's, not, he's deserved yeah. it and earned it, you know? Yeah, he's – because, again, like when he was over here doing all those matches, you know, he was definitely honing his craft and getting even better, which is amazing because we thought he was already, you know, at the top of the mountain and he just went even higher. Yeah. But, I, again, I think the story with Jay going forward is that, you know, his shenanigans – might get him a belt, but he can't hold it. And then, yeah, again, that... over the course of a tournament, he just can't win it. So that's fair. Yeah. Like Jay winning a cup or winning a G1 is something that it is going to be years in the making versus, you know, something to think that, oh, he'll win one of those next year. And I mean, it could build into the whole, I mean, I know he beat Okada clean. But his last Wrestle Kingdom match ended in absolute heartbreak to the point where in kayfabe, he quit the company and cut one of the best promos I've ever seen. So, you know, you could kind of lean into that if he loses again of the major struggles in Tokyo Dome main events like Okada had his first couple times out. And then he ended up climbing that mountain at Wrestle Kingdom 10. So I could get behind that. And yeah, obviously... Okada needs to avenge that loss, that clean loss from a few years ago. That's still to this day, one of the most shocking results I think we've seen in any promotion since 2017, since we've really been dialed into this shit. Would you agree? Yeah. Cause I'm, when you put it that way, I'm trying to think of what uh, like big show, big match that was. And we're obviously watching this live at, what time is it? 5.30 a.m. at this point, uh, you know, with a nice group and just really in the zone. And that happened after, what, 14 minutes, 15 tops? And I can yeah. still I can still see, like, you were sitting to my right, I remember, and Evan and Rich were both to my left. And I think you and I made some sort of what the fuck, and then I turned to Rich and Evan, and they were, and they're not nearly as into this as us, but their heads were in their hands, both of them, in just wide-eyed and disbelief. That'd be a good exercise to think about 
since again 2017 is kind of our like entry point into new japan and i guess just kind of wrestling beyond wwe to kind of think about that what are maybe that's a future episode for us buddy most shocking results over the last yeah. five years i guess we dialed in too late to catch the uh hiromu kushida one that ended my two minutes. oh yeah 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 because i was yeah. i watched that show like after the fact for sure yeah yeah, that was definitely a good one. Yeah, we, we'll we'll think about it. But my obvious number one, also Okada Osprey G1 final scale breaker. We already talked about it. I'd be surprised if this gets topped over these next few months, but uh, we'll see. The bar has been raised to levels that we've never seen before. I don't know, maybe, but to have 380 four star matches at this point is insane. Maybe I've been a little generous, but fuck, I love it. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And now you can find my list live on the internet at floorslappersports.com. I don't know. That's Tim King's website. I don't know if he's updated recently, but it's up there. I need to share it out because it's pretty cool. But this was awesome, as usual. Sorry, we had a couple technical difficulties earlier. One of them I know will edit out. But other than that, smooth fucking sailing. And brother, I always love doing this with you, even though you had a bit of a downturn this period it was still always a blast talking to you catching up with you getting on zooms with you but you got any uh final thoughts to wrap this up before we uh call it a day and uh we build towards our final lists of 2022 and again i think like what everybody's thinking what's coming with uh aw belt what's coming with mjf and what's full gear gonna be i think looking at uh all the stuff that's coming up for everybody and even Survivor Series being, you know, two hours away from me up here. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't think of any other shows, at least, that would be as high on the list as uh, as Full Gear unless Noah decides to go for something big with uh, end of the year along the lines of that like a go Nakajima match or something. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they've had some big matches end of year. I mean, hell, my favorite match of last year was that 60-minute draw, which happened at the end of November between Keno and Nakajima. And then 2020, we had the Nakajima go match you mentioned in November. And then we had that insane, what, 50-plus minute Shio's go versus uh, Segura match as well. So... I could see there being a few big Noah matches at the end. Plus we'll have the DDT tournament. You know, I know you haven't really been following too much, but last year that was awesome. Granted, I doubt we'll get Yuji Okabayashi in there again, but I'll be uh, keeping my fingers crossed. But just the emergence of Higuchi this year has been really awesome to watch. And this Naomi Yoshimura guy, like I said, I had no clue who he was. And he looks like a little baby with bright orange hair, but this motherfucker can't go. Um, but yeah, that full gear is going to be sick. A lot of intrigue going. Let me get your thought real quick. Who wins the tournament of champions and who leaves full gear as AEW champ? And then we'll get out of here. I, I saw a really convincing case for, uh, for Danielson winning the tournament on uh, Reddit recently. So I'm, I'm going with that because it was something that it was all guys that had uh, beaten him recently mm -hmm. Again, with Jericho. You've got Moxley in there and then he beat, beat the hangman, hangman. to start it. Yeah. I, I think that 
it's a good setup. Give Danielson his wins back, and uh, I'm I'm gonna go M MJF uh, lifts the belt off of uh, Danielson because again, I I don't think Danielson like, he's so made and established at this point and had his big WrestleMania moments and everything before he even got there that again, especially to kind of put that uh, shadow of CM Punk behind them that they got to put it on their guy and, yeah, you know, roll back with that. I picked Danielson as well, even before the hangman match, I had said whoever won that match would win it. I think the reason for hangman would have been, it would have been nice for MJF to take the belt off him because then you can start cooking that story that we've all wanted since day one as opposed to him taking it off Danielson. But I think Danielson beats him, and then MJF wins it at, like, Winter is Coming or one of those, like, end-of-year big shows is kind of how I feel this will go down. But obviously wouldn't be surprised one bit to see MJF get it. And if and when he does, we need a fucking long reign. We need to establish this title again because it's been such a clusterfuck since May, ever since Hangman dropped it. Um, but it's exciting. It's a new era. I mean, uh, I think the bullshit has sailed. I mean, obviously who knows in eight months if CM Punk will be back or not, but let's get back to the roots here and, uh, let's have some fun with AEW. But, uh, yeah, man, like I said, this is always a fucking blast. Thank you so much for joining me as always. Definitely can't wait for the end of the year extravaganza. Um, and maybe before then we'll hear from you again, but, uh, yeah, thank you very much, sir. All good. Thank you. And uh, yeah, don't forget uh, Go Shiozaki. <laughs> Nakajima, who wasn't even on my list this period as well, but God damn, wrestling's great right now. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye.